Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, in this movie, I get to have absolutely one of my favorite actors in the world is going to be in this movie. Uh, she also happens to have been in Jurassic Park, uh, and she's here right now. Laura Dern, can you come out here? I believe she's here. Is she here? is returning in Jurassic World 3 in a major role and not a cameo. What's really important here, I think we're all still shell-shocked, or at least I am, because not only did uh, Laura Dern come out after the Q&A of Battle at, Big, Battle at Big Rock with Colin Trevorrow, Emily Carmichael, and Amy Doherty, uh, Laura Dern surprised everybody coming on stage to not, not only announce that she's coming back as Dr. Ellie Sattler, in a big but, that, way. but in a big way, not a cameo, they said specifically. That's very important. Um, and that also Samuel and Jeff Goldblum would be returning to their roles. I'm joined by Brenna White, a.k.a. Bonnie Puns, a.k.a. Beeksles, Chris Fermonte, a.k.a. Montioc. I'm out of breath. How are you guys feeling? I mean, I'm in shock. So 
Yeah, I, tr- I truly was not expecting any sort of announcement. I'm like, I'm just here for a screening of Battle at Big Rock. Well, yeah, then, we just wanted to see Battle at Big Rock. And a lovely little mm-hmm. Q&A. And then name and names perfectly timed a question. Even though he denies it. I think I think Colin gave him the, the, the alley-oop and then they just dunked it with Laura Dern walking in. That's right. So he was like, is anyone from the previous films returning? And then he was like, funny you should ask. Wink. Because we're going to bring back Laura. And here she is. And then I literally <sighs> screamed, which you may have in a video me screaming. Yeah, probably. I may have it as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, huge. Chris, of course. I mean, it's crazy. Oh my god. The first movie is so important. Alan Grant, oh. Dr. Sattler. It's amazing. And it's like, we all dreamed and hoped this would occur. Uh, as Jurassic Park 25, since she was so involved in those interviews, something gave me that, you know, my instincts uh, kicked in to be like, okay, well, she's probably immersing herself more in this. I mean, it stands to reason that they'd bring Ellie back, but getting it officially announced, getting it announced in a way that she's not going to be a bit role, she's going to be an integral part of the story, has me more excited than even just the return of Jurassic back, you know, when Jurassic World first came out. So I'm most excited for this because it was like, they took, one, it was so odd that this was, I guess it makes sense, it's a Jurassic event, but at the same time it was not like as big as Something like Jurassic Park 25 or well that's you know. my point it was so funny because Steven Weintraub from um, from Collider oh I didn't get to say hi to Perry anyway uh, <laughs> hi, Perry. Uh, Perry Nimrod from Collider hey, Perry. Um, but no but that was so interesting because I because Steven Weintraub was like in, very insistent to, for us to stay for the Q&A and I was like why would he be so insistent on that and then that's why you yeah, know, yeah. because oh, yeah. now it makes sense. Perfect stay. sense. Looking back, he's like, for the love of God, stay. Like we went with Courtney James Clark, our very favorite. What, what did you? What did? What was your nickname for her? Moses Sarah. Moses Sarah. Oh, that's 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 not me. That's Chris Brown. Because <laughs> no, in the in the time material and stuff. Thanks for the. Because uh-huh. yep. in the time material, Moses our announcer is Sarah. But uh, we went with Courtney and James Clark, so it was good to see her re- reunite with Colin, which was really yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to meet Emily Carmichael. We got to meet Amy Doherty. Uh, Amy Doherty scored Battle of Big Rock. Emily Carmichael wrote Battle of Big Rock and is writing Jurassic World 3. We got to meet Colin. See so many people from the community. Krista, Neems, Jurassic, Jurassic Gen. Gen. I mean... I mean, th- no, but I think you're right. This might be the biggest news and since Diana. these new movies. Oh, yeah, and Diana. It's basically, it's almost like a reverse Force Awakens. It's like, with Force Awakens, it was like, all right, we've got everybody. They're all in it, but in a rather major way, while also supporting the new cast, whereas Jurassic World has mostly used any previous characters in a rather cameo way. Sparingly ways, yeah, and now uh, it's almost like this. They've spared no expense now. Yeah, for the third uh, Jurassic uh, World, they've spared no expense. We are getting a hologram of Sir Richard Attenborough. Please. God rest his soul. Rest him. Um, also, but I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like with the appearance of Laura Dern tonight, I am completely forgetting to absorb the news about Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum and, they're yes. all going to be they're in. all going to be they're all and this is, that, this is the this was the first word yeah that's this was the first, insane I screamed that like I'm sorry, I to, to give fans I mean that's what I mean I was talking to Courtney I'm like in LA you get so jaded because there's these kind of events all the time that are free yeah and to, the fact that that Colin uh, and Emily and Amy like took the time to hang out with us and to answer everyone's questions and to meet everybody mm-hmm. and to do this official announcement not 
not, you know, in Vanity Fair, not on Deadline, oh, yeah. not on some other thing, mm. to, like, literally just sit down with everybody be like, hey, do you think, uh... And then just Laura Dern to, like, walk out and just be like, oh, sup, bitches, God. I'm back. Yeah. And she comes in, like, riding Rexy, you know, just like, yeah. <laughs> That was a truly beautiful moment on this day in September. And we're back in the studio. Just uh, Bonnie Puns, a.k.a. Beeksels. Hello. Well, I was like, can you be a.k.a. Brenna White when that's your actual name? Sure. <sighs> I'm, how are you feeling? Uh, I still... From that big announcement. Okay, so still... I mean, I'm just so shocked because I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought we were just going in for a night of watching Jurassic World on the big screen, which for me, I haven't seen it. I only saw it once on the big screen and then Battle of Big Rock, obviously, I was very excited about. So uh, when Colin was like, actually, I have, uh, there's an announcement. Uh, someone is coming back. I was just like, hold on. Like my head started spinning and he was like, Laura Dern, and she's here. I was like, this is too much. And then she came out, and uh, anyway, you asked how I was feeling. <laughs> I no, mean, I mean, I, I've, in the moment since then, the the stuff you heard with Chris Permonte in the parking lot outside the Arclight, I mean, it just feels like I'm in such a daze. Yes, I feel like I'm in a daze, too. And so then Laura was like, I can't do this without my friends. And then I seriously thought that Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum were going to come out. So my head pre-exploded. But then they didn't. And that's fine. But I mean, just the fact that she was there was so much. Uh, That was a lot. I just wasn't expecting it at all. I mean, I'm so I just cannot wait to see that movie. I know it's it's I think Chris Permonte said it kind of very briefly in the little thing. Well, not that thing up top is almost like six minutes, but like this idea that this might be the biggest news for these movies and this franchise as a whole since they came back at all. Right. And it's like, yeah, wasn't expecting it. I almost wasn't going to be able to go. Right. I mean, I was, you know, I think like. I mean, big ups to Collider. Obviously, Perry Nimroff is a friend of the show and has been on the show before. Uh, but the event was, you know, being um, hosted by Steven Weintraub of Collider as well. And, you know, there was just a very slim chance that I was going to be able to go. And then everything kind of like, you know, worked out. But I mean, I think, I mean, it's a Tuesday night. Yes. They're showing a movie that's almost five years old. Yes. We're seeing this great short and... I mean, we're going to talk about Battle of Big Rock as well, because I don't think we want to diminish how great it was to see that on the big yes, screen. Yes, yes, we'll talk about it. But, and then to give us that news right at the very end, I mean, it was right at the end of a 30-minute Q&A, another 20 minutes of fan questions. Well, and- it's funny. I totally believed now. I'm like, oh, I see, like, I see that this was like a ploy for a bigger announcement. And I just totally believed naively like, Oh, this is just to show battle of big rock on the big screen. Like, and for fans, like as a fan event, that's totally cool. And so now I'm like, ah, it made all, it's all making sense. Now this was all part of a bigger plan. Yeah. Which, Oh man, I'm just so grateful that we were able to go to be there for that moment. I didn't realize like how big of a deal it'd be. I mean, I think I mentioned too, I've gotten, cynical about this sort of stuff because you know it's the kind of like hall you know the the diminishing of hall h's importance in announcements and also feeling lucky that like 
we can all share this stuff online together. I think yes. we've all talked about how like in a way like having Battle at Big Rock drop on the internet and TV was so awesome because then we all got to really share it together. Yeah, and that was a shared experience. Instead of like this like oh well I'm not going to see Hobbs and Shaw or I am. Instead it's like this was made accessible to everyone. So I think if anything to use that as a vehicle to continue that momentum to announce that to make this announcement, I think yeah. was like, well, truly I thought maybe even that the event was just to like, not introduce Emily Carmichael, but in a way that's like, let's get to know her as like the writer of Jurassic world three. It's like, and we just debuted battle at big rock. And so this is an opportunity to like talk to her. Yeah. Like I thought that that's what it might be for. No, but I also think that is part of it. Of you course. Know? Yes. And then there was this other thing. Well, and also, and then like, we were like, we were just saying before recording, like, having Amy Doherty there who um, who had the best Irish accent. Um, <laughs> but to have her there and talk about the score and it's like, is she going to be more involved moving forward? You know, which is really cool. I guess that would have been something to ask her about because we did talk to her. Yeah, we got to meet everybody, which was awesome. Yeah. I guess for some reason... taking a sip of my beer. <laughs> I guess for some reason, I maybe thought to ask that question, but then I was like, I don't want to be presumptuous. Like about yeah if she's gonna have a, a role in jurassic world 3 like yeah i mean who knows i mean hopefully i hope that she yeah will. i mean i hope i hope like whether it's i mean well i mean the fact that michael giacchino even though jurassic world was his like you know obviously michael giacchino has been an amazing composer for years but like you know, at first people were like, okay, like, you know, John Williams is handing over the, well, actually Don Davis is handing over the reins to Michael Giacchino. Uh, but the reality is Michael Giacchino composed a lost world video game back in 1998 or whatever, 97. Oh, wow. So how, how appropriate would it be if Amy Doherty, who starts out composing the score for battle at big rock and either might take the reins from Michael Giacchino if he's too busy or something for Jurassic World 3. Or, or collaborate. Or collaboration or working on other Jurassic World 3 related projects. like Sure. Like Camp Cretaceous. Oh, exactly. Oh, I didn't even think about Camp Cretaceous. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I feel like part of Jurassic is kind of this like pas passing of the torch in ways that feel more meaningful. Because it's like, oh, you were in the fam and now you get to like come back which again is this whole announcement yeah <laughs> and i mean again we're kind of jumping in and around but i mean we might as well just talk about the announcement stuff out of the way and then we can talk about jurassic world and sure yeah, uh, yeah. big rock um uh you replayed me the video um because again i just was in so much shock i feel like i again i just it was just like so, i mean it's just a thing where you like expect the announcement to come like deadline or vanity fair and it's this very well orchestrated like big thing but again it's like this was a fan event colin and emily and amy hung out and talked to everybody that wanted to talk to them afterwards like there was no sort of like um you know red carpet tape kind of thing sure it was well it's funny well okay so we were asking nima Neems, uh the movie poster guy so he asked the question, which we talked about in our thing earlier. Um, he asked if if they if anyone from the previous movies were coming back, 
And then, you know, it was kind of like, funny, you should ask, or I'm so glad you asked. It's like, were they waiting for someone to ask that question? It or, just was so perfectly. It, I know. Like we asked, we asked him if, if that was like planned. He said no. He says no. But uh, if, if they were just waiting for someone to ask that question so that they could do that whole thing, it's just. I mean, it's I mean, so perfect. What? Uh, I was just saying, thank God they didn't. Uh, thank God I didn't end up uh, committing to asking my question because I don't think that would have been as good of a a question. Although, you know what they could have done? Because my question was going to be, you know, Battle of Big Rock. We talked about in our episode we did together. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that um, episode where Brennan and I break down Battle of Big Rock. But that movie has so many um, nods to the Lost World with the score and the dinosaurs and tone and the RV and everything and families and stuff. So I was going to ask like, Oh, like what are your favorite scenes from Jurassic park three? So oh, right, right, right. I feel like Colin maybe could have been, well, she didn't have a big role in that movie, but, uh, you know, and then but she will in the next one. Yeah. And so you, you, you've already heard the clip listening to this episode, uh, that she will have a major role, not a cameo. Well, and, I, and this time she'll get to be face to face with. Oh, probably she'll get to be face to face with dinosaurs again, whereas in Jurassic Park three she wasn't. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, it just. I had such a. I had such a not a clear idea of what Jurassic World three was going to be about, but. I'm so curious now, like how they are getting. What their integration, especially with Owen Grady and Claire, going to yeah. be? Me too. Because Claire and Ellie are going to. Te- well, I mean, look, there's there's going to be two years of, um, two more years of speculation until yes, June of prophesizing of uh till June 11th, 2021. Yeah, it just makes me interested because it's like that seems like a cool opportunity. Like rewatching Jurassic World, it's like, oh, I can see what an asset having Wu back was. And how kind of they kind of smartly integrated him in a way where he, you know, is not a main character, but has become this like cool presence. And I'm like, oh, like, I think if anything, we maybe could look more to that than, say, Malcolm in um, Bong Kingdom, where that was more of like a bookend. He's almost like the narrator, you know? Yeah, for sure. Where this, it seems like they want to actually have them involved in the story in a in a more like. I mean, of I of course foresee them like teaming up. They have to. There's no other way. Uh, well, I, let's just briefly talk about seeing Jurassic World on the big screen. Yeah, I think we both said it felt like seeing the movie again for the, for first, the first time, time, which was really rad. Yeah, so it's like I've watched it several times. I mean, in the last almost five years, but it's like I've said that I thought that Fallen Kingdom was a better movie, but Jurassic World is, I mean, I just noticed so many more things about it, seeing it on the big screen again, like, oh, the the role of the two boys, like, is so much bigger than I gave, than I gave it credit. I think so, too. I think, I think... I mean, it's different in some ways than, like, say, Lex and Tim or Macy. Like, their kind of stories are more, I think they're more involved in the overall plot. But I think the boys are more thematically relevant to the story that's being told. You know, of, like, kind of finding your tribe and sticking together and learning to, like, 
feel joy of these things and you know yeah well even just like like working together i mean like the the brother relationship them getting the jeep to work which is also such a cool thing in itself like uh oh gosh well and even them you know and then using the stun gun and Yes. And it's like, I can't wait to tell mom. I mean, just so many things, so many nuances with their relationship and then them with Claire and Owen and even Gray encouraging Claire to, I mean, you've probably done a podcast before about Jurassic World, but like Gray encouraging Claire, we need more teeth. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go get the T-Rex, gets Alry to open paddock nine. She goes over there, brings back the flare. And I, oh yeah, I leaned over to you and I went, return of the flare. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's certain things too, as far as like criticisms and things go, like seeing a movie again on the big screen in a way that's like this exciting. It's almost like certain things you're like, oh, well, how could people confuse it for anything else? You know, I think like one thing that to me, and it's not to say that people's, you know, thoughts and feelings and, and their analyses are invalid, but for me personally, like the moment when, uh, speaking of the flare by Claire, uh, when she throws the flare, you know, she's the one who lures Rexy out, puts herself in danger in order to realize that she can, Yes. you know, this is a situation that they're not going to win alone. Yeah. And Blue, the- Blue's not going to be able to take down the Indominus Rex and right. the bullets don't mean anything. Um, the bullets have like, uh, they're just like pesky flies. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like any sort of like outer shield, like Star Wars or Independence Day when like. They're just bouncing off. Well, yeah. What is it? There's like a, what's that called? A force field. Yeah. There's like a force field on the Indominus. Like it's, and that's so wacky. I'm like, oh, I've never really thought about that before. There was just like a shield on the skin of the. Yeah. 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 Well, um, but there's that moment where she like throws the flare and she's on the floor looking up at Rexy. And so I feel like, and they were kind of like recreating that moment in King Kong, you know, in the original movie of like Faye Dunaway, um, you know, sort of like being subservient to the beast. But this is like such a great twist on that because she's the one that sets the beast free. So when she's like looking up, she's like, Oh God, what have I done? I've unleashed this monster. Like, you know, this is like, kind of the whole theme of the movie of her kind of recognizing her power and her responsibility and stuff. So I think it's like a great, so I think like to me, it was like, you know, if you take it at face value, people might misinterpret it. But when I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is such a iconic moment, you know, for her and like being like, Oh God, I've released the monster, you know? Yeah. Like I am capable of so much more. Oh wait, one more thing I want to talk about is when, Please delete this if it's wrong. But, but the pteranodon uh, is like attacking Owen. Is that? the Oh, the dimorphodon, the little tinier Dim- one. Yeah. Oh, the dimorphodon. Yeah, yeah. When the dimorphodon is attacking Owen and then she comes up and shoots it. So like she rescues him. And then there's that scene that seems almost like a... Uh, cliche when he kisses her but i'm like oh my god that moment is so much more important than i gave it credit for before oh yeah and i think we also had that same reaction too and maybe it's because of the context of seeing fallen kingdom but um because colin has talked about their kind of banter and their relationship as kind of those sort of 
flirtatiously antagonistic relationships of like 1940s movies and yes um but i think now watching fallen kingdom and and again it's it's such a weird thing when you're like oh i've seen this movie dozens of times but i feel like this moment i think the relationship clicked because it's like in jurassic world yeah in jurassic world where it's like he is this dork who is trying to act tough but he's never like he's like rude but in a way that i don't think is like i think he calls himself when he's being like disrespectful he's like you know he's like i get it you know you have a lot of responsibilities like i'm not going to pretend to know your job you know it's like he, i feel like he's always kind of towing the line of like trying to be like a macho dude and then realizing like, well, that's not who he is. So he kind of like toes it back. Yes. And I feel like she always gets the last word in a lot of scenes uh-huh. where it's like, he's like, you know, why don't you go to my bungalow? And then, you know, the very last part of that scene is her being like, the animals are very sensitive to smell, you know, it's yeah. like she gets the like final say, the kind of like little bump that is like, Ooh. Well, also, when he says the bungalow thing, she calls it out immediately. She's like, that's not appropriate, like, which is great instead of just being like, uh, you know, no, I think I think for me, what made me again, like I've said on this podcast, like Jurassic World is kind of like fallen down the, you know, it's always changing, you know, I mean, at one point it was Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World. Um, as far as like my favorites go, yeah. Um, but it was it's been pretty low as of late. But after this, I'm just like, oh wow, I feel like I have a whole new respect for the movie. Yeah, and I feel like I, again, I think seeing stuff in the theater, I think a lot of those little nitpicks kind of melt away. And uh, certain, I mean, it's just like uh, the whole Indominus escape sequence is just so good. Yes, of, um, like it's so suspenseful, and, and even and, like, though. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and like the layers of like the confusion, like all the technology of like yep. this tracking, the tracking in the, the the place, the phone calls, like all of it. Like when I interviewed Lauren Lapkus, um, Vivian, you know, talking about having all these like screens and earpieces and stuff. And like that gives you anxiety because you're like you almost can't. And like then the fact that the Indominus is like um, camouflaging, like it just adds this like layer of like anxious confusion because like nobody can figure out what's going on and that's what's so scary about yeah. it and owen is the one sort of like in the thick of it being like i'm the one here on the ground and like nobody can tell me what's going on and that like how terrifying that is yes oh boy yeah just so many things about dress i mean that that movie is excellent i think that like after that movie came out that there that I really listened to like negative reviews of it, even though I really liked it on my own. Um, so just to be able to see it in the theater again and like experience it again was I'm like such a blessing, just such a true blessing. Yeah. Well, and I also think that we really like this world and these characters and stuff. So I feel like not that we're ignoring the flaws, but it's almost like celebrate. Like, I just feel like when we were watching it and we were watching it with um, Krista, who's like a production manager on the behind the scenes. Right. And Courtney James Clark, who was the Mosasaurus announcer in the movie. Yes. Um, who, you know, we've, you know, we, uh, we recently went on the ride together with her and I've interviewed her for the podcast. Chris Vermonte, you know, who's been on the show. And I felt like our little crew was like 
having fun with the movie. It's like we weren't sitting there taking it seriously. We were like really kind of like living it up and well, enjoying I mean, it. The dialogue is super funny. There, There's just like I really appreciated a lot of the character dynamics in a way that I haven't before. I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. Like there's so much comedy in this film. Yeah. Um, especially with Owen. Uh, I, I mean, just like with with everybody. Hoskins. I mean, my in a lot of physical comedy moments of like when they're like, you know, when Claire's like telling them to hold hands and like that little gesture that yeah, Gray makes brother, like taps his arm. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to hold hands. Or even even in the beginning when the Zach, it's Zach and Gray. Uh, that's the name of the boys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Zach is with his girlfriend and she's like, I love you. And then he doesn't say it back. Yeah. It's like, ooh, like. I feel like people were just like really connecting with the dialogue because everyone's seen it before. So it's like, I mean, I assume that everyone had seen it before. So it's like when moments like that happen, it's like, oh, I didn't No, Well, yeah, it's fun to, ex- I mean, again, we just, I talked in the last mini set about us seeing Jurassic Park in concert and like how much, you know, when, Ian, when Jeff Goldblum shows up on screen yeah. shirtless, it's like, we all share this moment together. That's like super exciting. I definitely felt like, there was permission to be interactive and I'm the type of moviegoer that is like super physical in movies. Like if something scary is about to happen, I like cover my ears and eyes and like, I laugh out loud. Like, um, you no, know. no. I mean, again, it's like, I think especially with movies that you haven't or that you have seen before, I think that's what, to me, it's like seeing a movie at midnight. It's like that physical palpable energy is what makes it, um, that's what makes, I mean, that's why you see a movie in the theaters. You know, if yes. you want to see, I mean, I like, you know, I, I definitely am from the school of like, don't talk while watching movies, but I feel like maybe that restriction on myself, I've given myself more permission to have fun while watching movies in that kind of way. Yes. But I think because I was, you know, I went to school for this, like, I think we were taught to take it so seriously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, especially with something that you've seen before, I mean, it just, it's like, it's so much more fun to like save the lines and to like, you know, uh, Krista and I were noticing these moments where everyone presses buttons very furiously. Yes, like the new guy the who new guy. was pulled into the raptor paddock. Yeah, when he unleashes the raptors and when Jake Johnson presses the button to unleash Rexy. Like, or every- when, wait, I, a moment that I loved that I've definitely noticed before, this is not a button pushing thing, but like when Owen is super mad and then he knocks out, he knocks over all of Lowry's dinosaurs. Yeah. So good. So, so funny i mean even lowry like he had a reaction little, well yeah but I, I was saying another great lowry moment that i feel like gets missed a lot is like him kind of like not mansplaining but just sort of that idea of like being that you know being that oversharing coworker that it's like kind of inappropriate where he's like you know, when they cut from one scene to another that you just kind of overhear him being like, well, and that's, you know, and that's when I realized that, you know, Carl Sagan was more of my dad than my real dad, yeah. you know, like <laughs> that's just such a little character beat. And yes. I'm, I'd be really curious to talk to Jake Johnson and see if that was something that he improvised with right. Lauren or if like that was written that way, because it's such a beautiful, like little telling bit of his character. Yeah. I'm um, like, should we get off Jurassic World now? Or No. Well, and also, I mean, just to, to wrap it up, if anything, just to... um I mean, get to watch it with Courtney was just super fun. You know? Oh, yeah. It's so funny because I was talking to her before 
And I was like, are you excited to see yourself on the big screen again? And she was like, I don't know, I'll probably be, you know, I, I think she insinuated that she would like be nervous. And I'm like, oh, I get that. Like, I probably would be too. I know. Well, it's funny because recently somebody there was, I mean, I feel like every time this happens, there's some sort of like news little bite about a certain actor or person who's like, oh yeah, I haven't seen this movie. I, I either haven't seen it at all since they worked on it or like they haven't seen it since the premiere. I mean, even Colin said, he's like, I yeah, haven't seen it since he hasn't the seen premiere it on the big. Well, I don't know if you've seen it. I think he mentioned he, he, I mean, we'd have to check the tapes, but I think he mentioned that he, I, I, I thought I heard like, I haven't seen it in full since like it came that's out. That's right. That's right. I think that is what he said. So um, it's, yeah. So t- to me as a creative person, it like to me, that's not surprising. It's like, you never want to hear your own voice. You never want to, look back at your own work because you're only going to see the flaws. Yeah. Courtney told me, I'm like, I guess I should ask her if we can put this out. But um, when they were filming, Colin was like, I want more. I want more dialogue for you. Um, no, she's talked about this on the podcast. Oh, before. she did. And, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and so he like went back and like wrote more and he's like, can you memorize this real fast? And she was like, of course, because I talked to her and I was like, oh, I felt like your screen time was like not a lot. Um, well, not very long. So I'm glad that he like wrote you more. And she's like, yeah. Well, and I think that's like, that's something I've talked a lot about on the podcast in regards to her and her role is that it seems like people, I think every like franchise or movie, big movie has a character that has a small part, but is very memorable in that. Yeah. Moment. And I think she, as far as Jurassic World goes, I think as as far as the tapestry of the small characters, I think she's she really stands out and people have really I mean, there's like there's fan art of her character, yeah. well, which I, I think mean, is so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like the 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 part like wasn't very long, but like the character itself, like had such a big job to be the Mosasaur announcer and that she was like alone on her podium, like in front of such an enormous audience. And it, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Well, and in charge of such like a large creature. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like, so even though like her time didn't seem like it was very long, it's like that whole thing is very impactful. Yes. And well, it's so funny because we, um, I mean, you basically introduced uh, her to Emily Carmichael um, and she, Emily Carmichael asked her, like, do you think the Mosasaurus announcer survived? Yeah. Which I think is just such a sweet and, like, cool question to ask. Yeah. And I, like, while watching the movie, because I'm like, if you think about it, it's like the attack scene on Main Street. You know, there's so much more of the park that probably, like, you know, people are in their hotel rooms. and yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, wh- like, that's where I imagine the Mosasaur announcer was, like, safe in her hotel room, just, like, hanging out. Yeah, that's what I imagine. I imagine her, like, sitting on her porch, like, smoking a cigarette. She's like... <laughs> this ain't my first rodeo. It's like, cause again, the cool part about watching on the big screen was like feeling the bass. And like when the Mosasaur comes out, like that's such a visceral, like Wait, moment. Well, also I forgot. Okay. It's like, I mean, I know that fallen kingdom starts with them, like looking for the Indominus in the bottom of the ocean, but I like somehow didn't remember how that all happened. So to see that on the big screen again, when the Mosasaur like comes out and grabs the Indominus Rex, like I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm like, holy shit! This is no the whole end sequence um, is crazy. amazing. Yeah, you it, know, it, it is amazing. It was so cool to see again on the big screen. Yeah, and it is like dramatic, and you know, it's not just dinosaurs fighting just to fight. It's like there's a whole story there of like Rexy, like being the old dino, and like us rooting for her and stuff like that. And, yeah, 
you know, Blue seeing her homies die and, you know, being the kind of last stand. And I'm like, not her homies. I'm like her siblings. Yeah, her siblings. Yeah. I mean, some people theorize that Delta is alive somewhere, but I feel like Fallen Kingdom kind of shut that down when when Eli Mills is like, she's the last of her kind. I mean, plus the whole island explodes. True. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was a, that wasn't a dramatic pause. I was just drinking my beer. Well, that actually leads me into the Q and A. Well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, do we want to talk about Battle at Big Rock first, or have we talked about it enough? I guess we talked about it. No, no. I think we can talk about it more, but I just figure at least getting some of it because there was. If anything, I mean, obviously, there was a lot of great stuff from Emily and Amy regarding uh, Battle at Big Rock in the Q&A, but some interesting stuff regarding um, Jurassic World in the Q&A was that final end shot was the longest shot that ILM ever rendered at the time. Oh, right. Which I thought was really interesting. And that the last thing that they cut from Jurassic World was the deleted scene that's actually on the current Blu-ray of um lowry and vivian like noticing that the indominus can camouflage but they basically just cut it for kind of like pacing and almost making the surprise that it can camouflage like more impactful um but i thought those were like two really interesting kind of tidbits about jurassic world that i didn't know about Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about... Let's talk about Battle at Big Rock. We saw it twice. Oh, yeah. So they played it at the beginning. I think originally they were just going to play it at the end, but... I think it made sense. Like if you're going to show something, you should show the short thing before the long thing. Yeah. I mean, and then it was like, we went back in time, you know? Yeah. But I love, I mean, I love the, the Jurassic world, like the actual, like having the, the uh, T-Rex skeleton on the planet. Like that was just, it reminds me of primal rage, which I played uh, yes. when we were in Utah. Um, But yeah, seeing that on the big screen, I mean, yeah, if anything, it's like, yeah, I think the news from this evening will be very much the Jurassic World 3 news. But yes, I think the thing that we were talking to when we met Emily and we met Amy and we met Colin, I think I feel like I was being very like, this was so awesome to see on the big screen. Oh, yeah. You know? And we got to talk about like how my child, who is not yet three, we thought that she was going to be scared. Even Colin was like, she wasn't scared. And I was like, no, like once she saw that there were kids, she was like. 
oh, like, and Colin said, how are we going to handle this? And I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. No, that was really sweet. Yes. And so, I mean, that was really exciting to get to talk about because, I mean, it's nice to see the way that she interacts with the world, my daughter. So it's like for her to interact with something that should be scary in a way that she was like, no, this is recognizable to me because there are small people here. Yeah. It's like, Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Well, no. And in, and again, it's that idea of like why so many people are fascinated in Jurassic Park in the first place. Because, I mean, again, my Jurassic Park origin story of crying but loving it, you know, being scared and in love at the same time of like in awe but, imp- you know, scared, empowered, but, you know, respect. It's like it's yeah. just Jurassic Park has always been that that wavering and so it's cool to see it even in somebody even younger than I was when I saw Jurassic Park like, yeah to see those two reactions of like scared but then also like empowered and I thought that was like really cool yes so it was nice that we got to tell um Colin and Emily that too and like, yeah yeah and even to tell Colin like uh you know I didn't I don't think I said the name of my podcast but it told him that I had a podcast and this community and it brought us together yeah just to thank him for all that stuff was like really nice. And I'm usually not great at meeting people like, you know, I'm, I'm very like, you know, when I meet people that I admire, it's like, I have a hard time, like kind of trying to sum up what their work means to me, you know, like, I think it's an interesting situation because you know that like the time is going to be short. So it's like, I want to be like normal and cool, but also I have to like, compact a lot of information into this short time that I have with this person. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, you really summed it up. Yeah. So I, I mean like I didn't, I didn't have any like preconceived things to say to Colin. I was just more like, hi. I mean to Emily, I'm just like so grateful that there's like a woman at the helm and she and I have also interacted on Twitter before. And so she follows you. Yeah, she, she does. Um, like she, well, she was tweeting about her boyfriend, which I thought was very cute. And then like, I tweet about you, my boyfriend. Uh, and she was excited that there was like a baby fan when I was tweeting about Luna and battle yeah. with big rock. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just, just for me to like wrap that up, it's like, it's been nicer lately where it's, yeah, I don't come in with preconceived notions and just be honest and just yeah. say, thank you really. Yeah. And, then, and yeah. And it's like, I think meeting Carly Rae Jepsen was like good practice for this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I oh, I, I thanked Colin. I was like, thank you for this announcement. Like I had no idea this was such a treat. And he was like, I like surprises. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And I know it, it yeah. truly felt like it was this thing where like, yeah, I was talking to you about it. It was like, I knew logically that this was going to happen like, or in theory or logically, but to like that they would be returning or yeah yeah yes but to like hear it in that way was just so special oh 100 percent. yeah um yeah it was super nice and i mean yeah i guess i don't really have that much to say about battle of big rock more than just it was just so nice to see it on the big screen really and like i mean i think definitely i noticed new things about it like again like the card so 
uh, I'm like the son whose name I can't remember. He was like practicing a magic trick. And then like his card appeared again later after the trailer had overturned. Actually, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I looked I, I looked because it was like I had talked about it. So it was something that I looked for when uh, the dad is just like looking for a weapon. And then Mariana comes in with the fire extinguisher. It felt extremely powerful on the big screen when she's like screaming and then also like shooting the fire extinguisher. And she's just it, like she's like doing whatever she can to like protect her and her family. And I was like, hell yes. And then. Well, it's so cinematic because it's yes. like. It's almost like this idea of like in this moment you're scared and you're scared for your family and your husband and it's almost like she just had to go like full beast mode. Yeah, you know? like for like as far as like fight or flight goes, they were all fucking flight. I mean, sorry, they were fight. <laughs> they were all fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said that wrong. <laughs> they were all fight, which was so cool. And then, which I think yeah. is like following up on the themes of the lost world. You know, Kelly doing her gymnastics to like fucking yeah. also you were right about the du- they they mentioned double crossbow so i'm like i thought it was three shots like but that doesn't make sense it was two shots to like the eye in the face yeah which i feel like is brutal but it's also like i mean it's a thing with predators where it's like a predator isn't gonna i mean i forgot if we talked about this on our episode but it's like you know, a cheetah doesn't go after yes, a meal. We did if it's okay. difficult. Yes. Yeah. But also, so when when they pan toward Kadasha after she shot the crossbow and she's just like in shock at her own like action. Like I feel I mean, I know that Chris Bermonte definitely cheered, but like I thought that that was such a strong moment to be there with other people experiencing it. Yes. It was like. Ugh, just it just I think that the the feeling of of being with a whole audience was so cool. Yeah, and I and I like I like a lot of Colin's comments on Battle at Big Rock and Emily's and and Amy's and this kind of like everyday heroism and that these people are I think the idea that if they're living in a Jurassic world, I think there is people that rise to the occasion. I mean, you know, it's I think when people talk about that like these dinosaurs are just going to mow down and kill hundreds of people it's like no these are animals just like anything else and yeah I, gonna- I also admire all these families for like still wanting to go camping even though they knew that that was a risk of course to like I mean, live life normally i mean my sister had to carry bear mace when she went hiking like, that's right you know what i mean like you know it's it's yeah i mean it's you know, again, it, all the circumstances aside, it's like people do so many things that are dangerous and we still do them anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few other interesting things that I thought were fun. Um, the one fallen kingdom question was, you know, people saying that the dinosaur prices were too low, but Spielberg said they were too high, which is why they were lowered in fallen kingdom. Right. But I'm also like, this is the first time people have sold dinosaurs. So who the fuck knows how much they're worth? <laughs> You know what I mean? I feel like that's such a weird thing to have a criticism about because it's like there's no I mean, I guess you could look to like how much do certain like animal like exotic animals sell for in the black market and kind of extrapolate. But there's no precedent for that. You know, it's interesting. I remember uh, in the movie, they're like, oh, four million dollars is the starting price or something like that. And then it went up to twenty five million dollars. So I think that that was actually a smart move, like say that they had started at twenty million dollars, like the auction would have gone up to maybe 60 million, which like maybe would have seemed a little bit crazy. Like, 
I, I think it was smart of Spielberg too. I mean, I, I like Colin's comment of like dinosaurs are priceless. I think that's very fun. Yes. I love that comment. But I think Spielberg, I, I kind of, I see Spielberg's point of like, you want it to be in a realm of like, yeah, that not everybody is going to, is a dinosaur nerd watching these movies. Right. And I think that gives you room to grow, which I, which I like a lot. Like what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. Uh, oh my God. I love when people are asking like, is there hints or anything in battle of big rock for Jurassic world three? My quote I wrote from Emily was same world, same fabric. You will see strands, strands, yes. strands. Yes. I, I really love that. And then I feel like one of the big, uh, news moment or like, you know, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll include a link to Collider, Jurassic Outpost. I mean, so many websites are going to probably have like full interview stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, but the idea that all this stuff was shot like in previs, like in VR, like, because, you know, they they said they only had like five days to shoot this. So it makes right. sense that they like almost like a play, like you do practice rounds, but they did that digitally yes. in, in order to that when they got on set, they could just like bang through it. Because he said, yeah, there wasn't really any improv or anything. And it's like, I yeah. love the idea that this family was like, uh, that these actors were actually like a tight unit by the time they filmed it. So they kind of just, it was almost like a play or something with yeah. dinosaurs. Um, and then uh, what was the other thing that was interesting about this? Oh, the end credit clips. To me, that was like the most interesting thing was that basically the way Colin was talking about it and the way Amy was talking about it was that they shot Battle of Big Rock, had all those shots, end credits, all that, you know, was just going to be normal end credits, nothing special. But when Amy was like playing with the score, she made it like, which I love in the in the short, like it's not like a cute ending. Everything's safe now. It's like, dun, 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 you yeah. know, like next week on Jurassic World. There, you know, I mean, there's shorts, like, there's you like know? big drums. It's like bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Bum. Yeah. It's like, you know, again, that idea of like we want these like Jurassic tales and it's like the, the this, you know, um in Futurama, they have the like anthology episodes where it's like at the end, they're like, you watched it. You can't unwatch it. You know, it's like very kind of old school monster movie kind of feeling. Yeah. And so when Amy kind of did that version of the score, it was like, oh, yeah, like Battle at Big Rock is setting the tone for what the world is like. So let's get some stock footage from YouTube, you know, and throw some dinosaurs in it and kind of give you a little taste of like what what's happening yeah and it's all like ominous it's not nice it's not like oh like we have we have compies it's like it's our dog like not like that at all which is like what a lot of people fantasize about like having dinosaurs as pets it's like nope these are wild animals you don't have control and well, yeah you bring up a good point that other than the parasaurolophus shot like which is like nice and serene in a way. But everything else is compies chasing a little girl. It's a stegosaurus causing somebody to crash. Yeah. It's a which, mosasaur eating a shark. It's a, it's yes. a, a, a pteranodon eating wedding pigeons. Wedding doves, yes. perhaps. Excuse me. I'm on a budget wedding. They're wedding pigeons. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, it's tradition. The pigeon of we release the pigeons. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily like a stegosaurus, like purposely, like, uh, True. Yeah. Rewatching it too on the big screen. It was like, oh, I get it. He didn't get hit by the stegosaurus. He just. He was avoiding hitting it like a. I mean, I referenced like a trip that I took to Yellowstone where there was a, a buffalo or a bison on the road, which is like that might as well just be a stegosaurus. Well, yeah, I was going to say you're never supposed to. You're unfortunately never supposed to swerve when an animal's yes. on the road. But I was going to say that's a stegosaurus. I think. 
you wouldn't. I mean, that a, thing is like a tank. Yeah, a deer does a lot of damage to a car. I think a stegosaurus would do a lot it of damage. Would, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. So, but I I feel like that as far as like tidbits go, I thought that was really interesting that they were like, hell yeah, let's just go, let's just go with this, you know? Yeah. They were like, yeah. So they they compensated the the owners of the videos, which is very cool. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm, and and Colin was like, it's it's probably you know it's they're gonna have this forever, which is very fun. I think that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I've I've been in the game of like buying stock footage before and it's like or like even wanting to do that as like a side hustle, you know, like making stock footage. And so, yeah, I just think it's and there's companies. I mean, even one of the companies where they bought the clip and licensed it from I've worked with before. So it's like it is funny that these people sell these clips and then it's like one day you're like, hey, did you know that you're in a like there's a dinosaur like chasing you now you yeah. know like i think that's I mean, so they funny must have told them like what it was for because it's so cool yeah i mean but that's pretty much it i mean it's i'm still kind of like i feel like you and i have jumped around a lot but it's like that's just kind of the feeling of the evening after hearing this massive announcement that we all like wanted and hoped for and for it to be confirmed is just so like, so soon. So soon. It's just like so massive. Um, I mean, you know, it's as far as like filming and things go, it's like, yeah, Jurassic World 3 launches comes out June 11th, 2021. So I was like, maybe the earliest we would get a confirmation is like beginning of next year. Yeah. And again, if you think about, but in a way that almost makes sense because it's like, Malcolm's role was kept kind of secret and under wraps in Fallen Kingdom because it was so small and it essentially was a cameo. Right. Whereas like, well, if we're getting Laura Dern to have a quote unquote major role. Right. Then you that's something you would want to kind of announce up front because she's going to be on the poster equal billing with, you know, uh, Bryce Ellis Howard and Chris Pratt. Right. Like like it's probably going to be them three. And, you know, they didn't really clarify the level of role or involvement with Sam Neill and uh, Jeff Goldblum, but it seems like there'll be a little bit more than Jeff Goldblum was in Fallen Kingdom. So it's like, well, it, the thing is that um uh, woman inherits the earth. So <laughs> I think that's a great thing to end on. <laughs> um Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't even planning on recording. I mean, it really s- tonight was supposed to be this. I mean, again, I, I, I was like 90% sure that I wasn't going to go or I was going to be hanging outside the Q&A like drinking in the bar at the Arclight waiting for you guys to get out because I couldn't get in and yeah it just was going to be this very it just seemed like it was going to be this cool fun tiny thing like we were going to have a good time but didn't realize it was I mean this was a full evening of Jurassic again so many people Jurassic Gen, Neems, you know what I mean it just was like running into people and you know like yeah I mean this it's funny that we're, again, still, you know, a year and a half, two years away from Jurassic World 3. But, like, I'm like, this has been the biggest month of, like, Jurassic, yes, you know, absolutely. this year almost, you know, between yeah. Battle of Big Rock and this news. Right. So, whew. I know. <sighs> yeah. Again, I'm like, I feel very scattered, but very excited. Uh, that was just, like, such a good night. We're going to be really hungover tomorrow from this news. Yes. So, but... Everyone, let me know what you think. Are you excited to have them all return together? Oh, please call the Sea Jurassic Right hotline. Yeah. And just if you need somewhere to express your excitement, 
please just do it in a voicemail. Yeah. I'll put the number in the show notes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, how are you feel? I mean, it's like, again, it's like you said, it's a thing that we've like wanted and hoped for, but it's like weird to be on the other side of it now. Yep. For it to be confirmed. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for us chatting more about it. This was so much fun. I love these like late breaking things and this certainly deserved it. So yep. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, life found a freaking way. It did. Uh, I'm like, good morning. If you're just hearing this news. <laughs> I love dinosaurs. I love that you love them like we do. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.